good name you need. I got a question for I've you. I've got though. a name. Why are you thinking? What am I thinking? If right? you were going to take oh. over the world, uh-huh. how would you take over the world? Oh, that's very easy. Uh, I would <laughs> employ a painter decorator company uh-huh. to paint the town red and decorate the place. Wait, which place? The world. Okay. Uh, with pictures mm-hmm. of me mm-hmm. making silly faces mm-hmm. and people will be like hey he seems witty and charming i want to be a bit more of that in my life so you're gonna take over the world by making the world fall in love with you with funny photos of you that you've plastered on every yes flat surface because if there's one thing the i've learned over. that i'm really good at in life it's making people fall in love with me so that is very true not even the worst plan I've <laughs> ever heard in my entire life. Oh, that's life. good. Do you want to talk about the worst movie villain plans ever? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Play the <laughs> intro. <laughs> it's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. So won't you lend an ear? I'm Gary. I'm the lemon drizzle in your life, Gavin. Lemon drizzle's rank. Lemon drizzle's... Lemon <laughs> drizzle's rank. Unless it's on like a... Um, what do you call it? Lemon curd cake. Not a huge fan of it. My gran used to make the best lemon curd cake in the world, so I am. So, what is... What do you reckon it is? The like, worst. straight off the bat. I the mean, worst movie villain plan. I love how... This is just not playing game. I love how we had the idea for this episode and the whole reason that inspired this episode was one image and I didn't even get the image ready to look at it. So I'm just, <laughs> well, I've lost the image. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've talked about dumb fucking plans before. I mean, you brought up... Um, you brought up Terminator before. Yep, about Skynet's entire, entire plan of just keep sending Terminators back in time to kill John Connor. <laughs> but for some reason we can't go too far back, but also we can go really far back. Keep filling the time while I look for the image. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alright. Um but what I love about it more than anything is Oh, there we go, find it. You got it? Yep. What I what I what I love more about Terminator's end game plan, as we've seen in Terminator Genesis, is that Sorry, what's the name of the film? Terminator Genesis, Genesis, nope. Genesis. Um, but what I love about it, what their final endgame plan has turned into is we should send John Connor back to kill, to stop Skynet from being deactivated. If I remember correctly, it was to, to send John Connor, a Terminator version of John Connor back. <laughs> Weirdly a Terminator version of John Connor. To... Yeah. Befriend Kyle Reese yeah. and Sarah Connor and trick them into making Skynet happen. And at this point, Skynet is like an app on the phone. But but there's also the whole element of he he has to stop anyone from destroying Skynet. Yeah. Also... Remember that? But then, you, but then the only people that were going to try and destroy Skynet would... Kyle Reese and John Connor, who he's now... Who he also can't attack because by doing that... He'd prevent his own, his own birth. Also, the original T eight hundred becomes an expert in time travel and 
Skynet's, meaning- Skynet's plan, Skynet's original plan of let's send Terminators back in time endlessly until we crack the code, dumb as fuck. I mean, Always has been mentioned it before. Terminator what? Genesis of let's send let's send this human Terminator back in time, but he can't stop anyone from actually stopping Skynet because to do that he'd have to kill them. But if he kills them, he'll stop himself existing. Dumb as fuck. What it makes me think is Skynet didn't understand time travel nor its own plans in the future. But wait, but wait, it all comes to a head in Terminator Salvation. So remember Terminator Salvation, get it in your mind. Oh, good for you. <laughs> that great behind the scenes video where Christian Bale just berates ah, a lighting goes mental. Um In Terminator Salvation, fake friend of Kyle Reese, who is a secret Terminator. Remember? I can't remember who it was, but he's Sam like... Sam Worthington? Yeah, he's a fake Terminator. He's 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 not a Terminator. He's like he thinks he's a he's a robot that thinks he's human, and that's yes. how he gets close to. John and that's Connor. one of those calling back to a previous episode we wanted, where they spoil it in the trailer that he's actually a Terminator yeah. and not a human being. So they do that, and then at the in the grand finale, he tricks John Connor into coming to a Terminator factory. Yes. And then how many Terminators does Skynet throw at John Connor at that point? One. One. <laughs> They're in a factory. Full of them. Full of like, them. Do you know what? Let's just send the one. And not even, and not e- at this point, not even. And do you like, know who I blame for all of this? Helena Bonham Carter. How on earth do you blame Helena Bonham because Carter? Because she was the face of Skynet in that movie. Thus, it's her fault. So oh, technically, yeah. all of the problems with the Terminator plot is because of Helma Bonacar, previous wife to Tim Burton. And it, let's in this universe, in my my new head canon, it's not Skynet. At some point, Helena Bonham Carter's social media presence just crept in there and has just been taken over. So it's not Skynet making decisions; it's just Helena Bonham Carter. Now we must turn to Audio Boy to discover. Audio Boy, could you find out if Helena Bonham Carter has any sort of social media presence? Because if not, then we're safe from Skynet. <laughs> if she does, we're fucked. <laughs> so yeah, I think overall, Helena Bonham Carter doesn't know how to run a robot rebellion. <laughs> yes, thank fuck Helena Bonham Carter's incompetent at time travel and trying to kill the one... Also, one I just, human. I love this idea of like, the Earth is gigantic. Scorched. And scorched in Salvation. Okay, sure. But I just... <laughs> okay. But the entire basis for Terminator just like there's just this one single white man in California <laughs> who thankfully is good enough at making speeches that he can rally humans to fight machines yeah it's not Bill Hanley it's not Ashley Davis it's fucking John, John Connor because in Salvation, the wait. So the, in Salvation, the nukes go off. I mean, think about. Does he even stop them in Salvation? No, because in Terminator Three, the whole point is like you can't stop Judgment Day. He just needs to survive Judgment Day so to be the leader of the rebellion. The rebellion. But for what purpose? But then in Salvation, he's not a leader of anything. He's just good at killing. Yeah, he's just there in the rebellion. And um, what's his name? Oh. The actor is on the submarine a lot. You know why another reason Skynet's plan was fucking stupid? They went, they kept going bigger with their robots. So you think about 
in Salvation, we see the pinnacle of Skynet's plan. You've got these big flying robot ships and the T... Yeah, that big fucking gigantic one that's like size of a skyscraper. Yeah, you've got these huge robots. The T-1000 is getting... T-1000, T-800, whatever, T-100. They're getting bigger and bigger and they're getting those tracks and they're like giant men. Whereas what they should have done is just gone tiny nanobots. Yeah, like little nanobots just getting through the ear, getting your bloodstream. Little nanobots and their entire function is, right, uh, get into get into any piece of flesh and then using that, make more nanobots. Using the iron in the blood, use more nanobots, self-replicate. And do you know who does Boom. that really well? The Borg from Star Trek. That's what they do. <laughs> they use nanobots, they get into your system and they just turn you into a Borg. Thus, is that how that works? Yeah, they use nanobots and, they, and then they just. Slow- what's the What's the downside of being a Borg? Uh, you lose all sort of free will, and you just become a part of a collective that is be- hell bent on just turning more people into you. It's kind of like a communist s- state. See, anytime sci-fi goes down, led that hole, by a dictator called the Borg Queen. Anytime sci-fi goes down that hole. Uh, well, once we take over you, we'll make everything a paradise. I always think, but what's the, Borg aren't, what's the they problem? They don't want a paradise. They, they're that kind of like... They want it's paradise the same for with the, the Borg. It's the same with the replicators in Stargate. We're just like, they just want to make... Oh, wait, yeah. I also w- have never watched an episode of Stargate. So. I hate so much. Ten, ten seasons and two movies. It's, it's so digestible. 24 episodes a season. Uh, <laughs> had a lot of time as a kid. Uh yeah, it's just like they just want to. <laughs> you had a lot of time as a kid sitting by yourself. I was with my brother sometimes. And you're, we watched a lot of Star Trek and Stargate and okay. Fly, Firefly and Supernatural and Buffy. They, I just TV shows. They're too. There's too much. Too I mean, much to as, take a, in. as a 26 year old man uh, with a full time job and uh, a life that's falling apart around him, I don't have any time for TV anymore. It's true. I spend all my time on on video games. Mine's movies. So. Digimon World on the PS One. Oofed. Great game. So while you're Twitch streaming, I'm at the cinema. Yeah. Well, I would say I'm at the cinema, but cinema. I've not been at the cinema in quite some time because <laughs> the rest of that wonderful life. But the- have you, wait, sorry, you said wonderful life. Have you seen that, that gif of the final scene in A Wonderful Life where all the people are giving the presents and they're saying, don't worry, we're going to donate our money for the old time fund of the charity. Oh, she... They did my old time. They didn't talk like that. They did talk like that. Um, But it's that the shot of John Williams saying "fuck me." No, I've not seen that. (laughs) You seen it? It's kind of like that scene in that uh, Hulk Hogan movie where there's a guy that throws a dog into the water, or in Teen Wolf where the guy takes his dick out. No, no, but this one's a full-on shot of him saying "fuck me," and I, for the life of me, I can't figure out what he's meant to be saying. Um, Uh, Lick me? Why would he be? Why would he be saying "lick me"? Maybe he got some of the grease from the turkey on his hand and he's like, here, dog, lick me. Oh, yeah. That's it. There you go. See, I've got a solution for everything. I know how to take the world over in a wonderful way. Did I say John Williams? You did say John Williams. I'm really interested to see why uh, the composer of Star Wars was in a wonderful life. It does look like he's saying, yeah. It looks like he's saying, fuck me, right? Look, audio boy. He's saying, wowee. He could be saying, wowee. This is great for the audio listeners. Sorry, I know. You can cut all that out. But yeah, it's... Fuck me. <laughs> so anyway, continue. Uh, Skynet's plan. Skynet as a whole, yeah. I haven't got a fucking When you look at the five movies, soon to be six, plus the TV show and the video games, yep. they're, they just have one plan, and they stick to that one plan of, let's take this slightly more evolved robot 
send it back in send time further back to kill either the mother, the son, a relative of some kind. <laughs> Maybe the guy served him a good sandwich one day at the deli. Someone related to John Connor must be killed by a robot. Sorry, now that we're talking about it as well, why were they so hellbent on murdering him with a gun or a or a anything deadly? Why not just send a T-800 back as a sandwich maker, but a sandwich maker that adds salmonella to chicken? Or, because they clearly have nuclear capability, send back a T-800 to the general area of John Connor and just make it go nuclear and just wipe him the fuck out. You know what else you could do? Going back to Salvation's plan... And, and kind of taking that on board, make a new robot that doesn't know it's a robot, except jam it full of bombs. And then when it high fives somebody, the bombs go off. And then just make it tell a bunch of your mum jokes to John Connor. And he'll be like, Haha, says your mum. And John Connor will be like, nice one, T100 bot. Or fucked. Send a T-800 back filled with 800 pieces of Lego and then walk up to John Connor, fall over, and then he'll stand on the Lego, go, ah, that fucking hurts. And he'll think, I'm just going to off myself. With all of their knowledge of the past, you think, and the future, you think that they might be able to just engineer like a Rube Goldberg of events, like Final Destination. John, you know, John they Connors. can't even send someone back wearing clothing and you want them to figure out a Rude Goldberg machine? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but something along the lines of, you know, Sarah Connor's walking down the street and then, yeah, like she has to pick up a pencil that the Terminator left because he now knows that a pane of glass is going to drop out of a building. Just something like that. I'm just saying, there's a lot of ways that Skynet could have done it and they fucked it on every occasion. I mean, we're in agreement. Terminator 1 and 2 are fucking amazing, fantastic movies, but... Their plan is still shit. Yeah. And what's clear is ever since that, they've been like, well, we don't have any new ideas for these movies, so let's just do the same <laughs> fucking thing. Because the new one is, there's, they're sending back a advanced robot to kill a girl who I'm assuming in some way is going to be like the wife of John Connor mm. and Sarah Connor is going to stop them. Why? Does, how much knowledge of the past does Skynet have? Apparently not much. I know, I'm just... Because they think... send them back to a general area and then... And a general they time. Go, and they got to just kind of piece it together Nail like about. a Sherlock Holmes of mechanical <laughs> monstrousness. <laughs> Ugh, who else's plans suck? Uh, I feel like I could keep picking holes in Skynet. The the plan that inspired uh, all of this this entire podcast topic, because I brought this up, is someone compiled uh, a list of every single point to Lex Luthor's plan in Batman Re Superman. Oh, that's, and it that, came up because I was talking about how fucking dumb his plan was. Yeah. And mine focused on a single point of what the fuck was he going to do with Batman's head? My, so my, I mean, when could, I talked about this before, my whole thing was, hey, Superman, go get me Batman's head. And then when he gets Batman's head and goes, hey, look, the police, I've got Batman's head. They were going to be like, hey, Lex Luthor, put that down and put your hands up behind your head. No, 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 no. Superman got me the head. Lex Luthor, you've clearly gone fucking insane. Put the head down. Hands behind your head. We're taking you into prison. But there's clear eye laser burns on it. It's like, you could have, we have no idea. We have no idea what you've done. All we know is that you are holding the head of a dead person. And also you put <laughs> Julie Ranchers into people's mouths in really creepy ways. And we don't like that. Really unsettling. That just, is a weird bit of just that. Just hand the man the Jolly Rancher, you fucking pervert. 
So it's the weird noise he makes. I mean, that's just what's what's the that's, what's that Eisenberg. Yeah, that's just Jesse Eisenberg in general. So there's a list here that someone's compiled, and there are 26 separate states. 26 steps. Some of them plan. have multiple addendums. What's an addendum? Like a an A B C also has oh, to happen okay. within part four. Yeah, I get for it. That. So it's we'll just run through it. Let's go for and it. And when you... Start at one. You jump in when you want to. <laughs> I'm going to pick this apart on possibly so point, every point. So, part one. Find out Superman and Batman's secret identities. So, already off the bat, before anything has begun, he has to find out the identity of two of the most famous superheroes. So, after watching these films recently, Batman, I can't speak for, we don't see much of, of Batfleck, really. However, I fully, fully, fully believe that he knows who... Superman's secret identity is on account of Lois Lane literally just running out of vehicles and within earshot of everybody going Clark! Hey, Clark! I- please no! Clark! Oh Clark! Don't go Clark Kent! Yeah, like- who lives on Kent Farm outside of Smallville? And Justice League for example was like Batman's like what's the backup plan? And he just brings out Lois Lane and I was like there's a lot of people in there's so many in in the, in Superman Man of Steel a policeman Superman drops her Superman Man off. of Steel Superman of Steel just Man of Steel. Just Man of Steel. I like Super Steel of Man. Super Steel of Man. Yeah, in that one, she gets Steely out of Dan. A, just Super Steely Dan. A policeman. So he he she must get into a car and say, take me to Kent Farm outside Smallville. They do. The policeman stops. Superman is standing there in his full Superman garb. She gets out and goes, Clark! Clark Kent! And runs to him. And the policeman's just in the car. And it's... But then we should also, we could be fair in saying that, let's be honest, when it comes to the whole Superman secret identity thing, that anyone doesn't know who he is in any comic doing book or movie or TV show, they're just, they're blind. It's true. Fair. All right, point number two. Point yeah. number two. It, it's, it's, it's a bit of a stretch already. Lex Luthor then has to lure Lois Lane to Africa to interview a rebel general. White, white Portuguese. Wait, that's that whole fucking thing, right? Yeah, but she, she goes to, and what's his name? What? Uh, Jimmy's there and he died. fucking guy. Is that, it's meant to be Jimmy Olsen, isn't it? But I can't but remember why she needed to interview him. She has to interview him because he talks about... Oh, wait, fuck. What was it? I don't know, man. I, I say I watched these films recently, which I did, but I also couldn't give too much well, in, like, attention to them because they are Part three is he, he then needs to out CIA, CIA operative Jimmy Olsen oh, to get Jimmy the Olsen. general to capture Lois Lane and ensure Superman's arrival. So he needs to... He needs to get her to this general, and then the, uh, and then the bad guys find the 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 tracer in the camera in the film. I remember that. Yeah. So if he's warned them, like, oh, by the way, they're gonna have a tracker in the camera. Fine, but then yeah, then Superman comes comes saves Lois Lane instantly, and then after that, uh, Lex Luthor then uh, and and that's a sorry, that's another part in that of how why is. Like, Superman can't be saving every random American civilian in every country. No. So, again, surely Superman at that point would go, oh, man, if I save Lois, Lois Lane, Lane for the 15th time while letting reporter John McEnroe... John McEnroe. <laughs> the famous tennis player who became a journalist. anything else. John McEnroe uh, in Sri Lanka. People might get suspicious, but I do get my hole off Lois Lane, so I'm going to... Swoop down there. And Amy Adams oofed. And Amy Adams oofed. So he then has to murder the rebels Which and burn does. the bodies so Superman can be blamed. 
Wait, they burns the bodies? I don't remember yeah, that. Remember all the bodies are like scalding. Oh, Bart, Superman set them alight. <laughs> uh, okay. If any evidence gets left behind, he's screwed. Because obviously he's going to send in a team of some kind. They're just going to be like, well, these men were shot before they were burned alive. And Superman doesn't shoot, shoot people. people. So yeah. yeah. Then it's bribe slash coerce African villager to give false testimony to Congress so they will call Superman to testify. Okay. Because someone, someone was like, yeah, I saw Superman there and he killed them all. It was awful. Oh, yeah. And then it's gathered. And it's, it's yeah, during the course of the film when these things are just happening, you don't stop yeah, you don't to think. think about it. But you, you, because the, the, so much is coming at you. <laughs> so much kind of shock yeah. and awe, visual, audio noise is just hitting you in the face. But yeah, this is all Luther's plan. Every single step. But then we get to point six. Mm-hmm. And point six is like... You need to branch off into a new plan, which is he has to gather information on all of the metahumans. Yeah, because he's got the computer. So he needs to figure out Wonder Woman, Aquaman, uh, Flash. We'll chuck in Shazam at some that point. That bit is such a fucking stupid part of that film as well. When uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman clicks on a computer and then there's the folders with each <laughs> metahuman's logo. And one... <laughs> That means Lex Luthor's done marketing for the Metahumans. Yeah, he's, lo- he's, he's given them their own logos. <laughs> he's given them their logos and he's giving them their, their cool nicknames. But let's not forget the fact that Lex Luthor had the information on a computer in his swanky place. Batman went, took it. But before he could get the wee USB drive, <laughs> Wonder Woman took it. And then that- she plugged it into her laptop and she looked at it. That's another fucking great bit in that film. I The fact that she went to that party, which apparently- yeah, won- She went knowing that he was going to steal there. No, she can't have done. So what must have happened is she got there and went, I'm going to steal uh, Lex Luthor's computer plans. Oh, shit. Somebody's uh, stuck a doohickey yeah, on this already. Well, this is handy enough. I didn't well, need to, half I didn't the work need to done for me. plug in my handy Wonder Woman <laughs> USB stick. There's a Batman one sticking yeah. it in. It's already, already half the job done. Sweet. Also, Gal Gadot gets just invited to parties. I mean, she's, just, she's just at every party I in mean, that you, movie. Come on. No, I know, but... What is her job? Also, this part has the den that says make sure to give each uh, one a superhero name and a comic booky logo design. So you got there. There you go. Uh, then after that, ask Congress for an important license to acquire a huge kryptonite rock so we can make a weapon in exchange for access to General Zod's body. That bit didn't make sense when I watched it. It's 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 a level of almost bureaucracy. And then the fact they give him access to the alien technology, which has been cordoned off. I mean, there's a... The, the score at that point is really cool. <laughs> that's, that's the one positive find cool. I can give about cool. that. And then it's removed General Zod's fingerprints with a kryptonite scalpel. Right. So now this was, this was, I, I don't know if I spoke to you with this off mic, but this was another bit. Oh wait, bit sorry. That, uh, don't forget, creepily feed the congressman a Jolly Rancher. Then Batman will steal this kryptonite later to kill Superman. Is this part of his plan? Because Batman does steal the kryptonite. Does, does Lex Luthor I, I mean, it, it? it's, in, it's insinuated. It's insinuated that the plan was to let Batman steal it because the whole white Portuguese. But where does the Jolly Rancher come into this? I mean, the Jolly Rancher was just a weird, creepy intimidation. You just thing? know Jesse Eisenberg did it, and uh, Zack Snyder is like, "Oh, I love it. Do it again." Remo- so he's removed General Zod's. Fingerprints with a kryptonite scalpel, yep. which he has to forge. Which he has to make using the big rock. So he's going to cut a bit of the big rock off. Then he then he does, then he takes the fingertips, which is something that doesn't work in real life. Like in human technology can't be fooled by... Wait, are you coming at the 
science and common sense of Batman v Superman. Of the Kryptonian. Don't bring logic into this. But it's, 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 it, that's not something that, that you tricks human technology. You can't just fucking fake a fingertip. It's maybe, about the biometric scanner. Maybe uh, Krypton <sighs> technology is really far. I mean, they're fucking... Now, I'm assuming this is about to come up as well, but the whole making a doomsday thing, I don't know how far in advance it is, but it's also the fucking dumbest. It's in here. And my my gripe with it more than anything is the... Uh, Hey, computer. Hey, computer. How do I make a doomsday? <laughs> well, we don't do that. I know, but who told you not to do that? Well, the the judge of the Kryptonians. And where are they? Dead. How do I make a doomsday? Well, you got me. This is how you make a doomsday. And why was that what he looked for? When the computer goes, hey, would you like all of the information and knowledge of the universe? Yeah. But start at, uh, start at D. Start at something that kills this dude on start the at something that, that kills like. Superman. What is a Superman? Oh, come on, computer. You know what a Superman is. Don't, it don't fucking, you toy uh, with me. Continue. Uh, I'll probably talk about that again in a minute. So yeah, then it's <laughs> hire inmates to kill criminals in jail with the Batman brand. This will totally piss off Clark Kent, uh, and then you'll investigate it instead of covering the football game. <laughs> then, mail photos and newspaper clippings to Clark Kent with crazy writing. Yeah. Intercept disability checks of former Wayne Corp employee. Mail the checks back to Bruce Wayne with crazy writing. This will totally piss off Bruce Wayne. I thought as well. that wasn't. No, but I thought that wasn't. A, I thought that was actually the guy just sending the disability oh, that, checks. That was back. all. Lex Luthor. This is all part of Lex. Oh shit! Yeah, because yeah. then, because that's why the guy's like, yeah, okay, I'll fuck off. I'll fuck Batman off for you. No super. So at this point, he's like, he's given reasons for Superman to be angry at Batman, and yeah. he's given Batman reasons to be angry at Superman. But the way he's gone about it, as we are currently he's on, been plan- well, step because he's been twelve taking, A, he's been taking the plans of he's been taking the disability checks from that guy for how many years has it put between? Man of Steel. It's like six years or something. It's a significant amount. So he must have been doing it from day dot. Because Metropolis is somewhat decently rebuilt. Yeah. It's a, it's a long, long game that Then he's we playing. get to my favourite part of the plan, which is just invite Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent to the same charity event. Because <laughs> then they get to have that great moment. It's like, hey. Hey, guys. I know who both of you are, but... Introduce them to each other. Make it as awkward as possible. <laughs> Give disgruntled Wayne Corp employee a lead-lined, a lead-lined wheelchair... Number 16 is now my favourite one. Pee in a jar. What? Remember he pees in the jar? And he puts it on. Oh, yeah. You can you can call my... You can call it ap- apple... You can call Something. my piss apple sweet tea. Then blow up the Capitol building with Superman present. If <laughs> Superman hears the bomb or somehow stops the explosion, I'm screwed. So he... Piss, it's, wait. No, no, no. Wait. Piss in a jar. <laughs> piss in a jar is so much better because... Because it's funny that he does it, but then what's even funnier is him going into Congress, going up to the Congresswoman's chair, taking away her mug and leaving a see-through yellow jar, and nobody looking at that and going, hey, what are you doing, Lex? Oh, nothing. Why does that jar say apple apple tea when it's when it's clearly piss? No, 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 no. I just... Also, I love leave that, it alone, my hubris. I love that a, a plot point in that movie is that a woman looks at a jar of pish and knows that she's about to die. <laughs> <laughs> Was this, yeah, so the lead-lined, lead-lined wheelchair has the bomb in it. Then it gets through the scanners. But if Superman was in any way able to figure it out, he would stop it. So then the plan would, his plan would but fail. But he doesn't. And I, I, even watching it recently, I remember thinking, how did you... 
Like, what was the reasoning behind you don't know the bombs there? And he, he tells Lois Lane, oh, I wasn't looking for it. You got fucking x-ray vision, man. So the blowing up of the Capitol is to hopefully then going to push Batman over the edge. And then he uses stolen, back to fingerprints, stolen Zod fingerprints to access crashed uh, Space, uh, kryptonite spaceship combined DNA with Zod's dead body to create a deformity possible name Doomsday kidnap Superman's mum reveal to Lois Lane that I'm that he's an evil genius hopefully she dies or something then blackmail <laughs> Superman into fighting Batman this negates earlier work to turn Clark Kent against Batman hopefully Batman kills Superman if Batman doesn't kill Superman hopefully Doomsday kills Superman sit back and run the company until daddy comes back if Superman survives I'm screwed if Lois Lane survives he's screwed if Doomsday survives he's screwed and so is the whole planet if anyone if any one thing in this impossibly intricate plan fails he's screwed but don't forget the Jolly Ranchers <laughs> yeah and, and, and breaking it breaking it further down the, the fact that he makes a doomsday so that he can kill Superman or Batman or both but and, and but he, puts, a- he puts the blood on its face and then instantly assumes it's not going to go crazy and try and kill him but yeah because it's like if he if if Batman wins then he's got a chance because he can easily combat Batman in some way. Yeah. If Superman wins, it's over. And if Doomsday wins, nobody wins. <laughs> he doesn't get to rule the world. He doesn't yeah. get to be... Because that's his thing. Is he doesn't want to rule the world. He wants to... He No, sorry. He does want to rule. It's not. He's not like the Joker just wants to watch the world burn and kill as many people as possible. Yeah, it's like... He, he wants, wants some level something. of power. Yeah. And he also doesn't want these metahumans, these... Un- the people that have the power that he doesn't have. Yeah, these untethered gods to come down and take over the world. But his his way of doing that... It's a convoluted, convoluted bullshit mental case of a plan. That someone wrote down in a script and thought, yes, we can put this into two and a half hours. It's like, like Rude Goldberg Machine. It's a Rube Goldberg machine of just bullshit nonsense. But but I think that's the problem with so many plans. Yeah, some of these big blockbusters, they are so complex in the way in which the villain or the hero wants to go about something when it's just like sometimes you just need an a to b you just need which i know yeah i mean so the other one that the other one that i it's a really it's a smaller one smaller scale than lex luther trying to take over the planet uh die hard three so so far you've had john mccain figure out nope what the former uh Republican runner for president John McCain was not in Die Hard 3. John McClane. John McClane. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) John McClane. Rest in peace, John McCain. Thank you for your service. Die Hard Hard 1, John McClane takes on uh, Hans Gruber, fucks him up, drops him out of a building. Spoilers for Die Hard. Ah, You're not getting spoiler warning. Drops him out of a building. Philip saw last year. Saves Christmas. And it's now his favourite Christmas movie. It is definitely one of the best Christmas movies. If not the ho, best. Ho, ho. No, now no, I no. have a gun. Die Hard 2 comes about. Ho, ho. And a man does naked karate and <laughs> John McClane blows up his plane. It's not, it's a, it's a bad And Holly sequel. happens to just be on one of the planes that's above the airport, <laughs> of course. It's, it's, you know, not the best sequel. But then it, it did spawn Die Hard 3, but which Die is... But Die Hard 2 does have one of the best... Uh, naked karate scenes, I agree. <laughs> Sure, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say like promo things were like they hadn't shot anything for the movie, and they're just like, oh, what's Die Hard two gonna be? And then the director and 
Bruce Willis came together and he just shot this thing of Bruce Willis running through some like uh, sewer duct things and he comes up against the wall of the gun and he goes, how's the same thing happen? The, uh, how's the worst thing happen? The same guy twice. And he runs off and he goes, Die Hard 2 coming this Christmas. And it's like the film hadn't even been made yet. And I'm just like, that's a good way to promote That's Die clever. Hard 2. And then what they did was they made Die Hard 2, which was not as good as that I promo. I assume it didn't have that scene in it. I don't no, remember that, that happening. They just thought, we don't know what this film is yet. Let's just put something Let's out there so they it. know that Die Hard 2 is coming. So then Die Hard 3 comes about. And the villain in that... The, the villain, second best Die Hard movie. The second best Die Hard movie. And the villain in that, his plan is to rob a bank, use the sewers to get out, <clears throat> and... He what nope. what reveals later on in the nope. movie is that he's nope. his plan is to distract all of the police force and the FBI and everything with uh, Simon says bombs. Yeah, he then crashes, and one of those jobs, the, the riddle the riddle element of his plan was always a, a bit of a yes. Mis- but like- one of the riddles <laughs> u- utilizes a train crashing in or near uh, Fort Knox. <laughs> And then he says there's a bomb on a school. Yeah. So everyone leaves to find the bomb. He then just walks into Fort Knox, uses the hole created by the train to then ship all the gold onto dump trucks and out. That's and it. And then the dump trucks travel through a brand newly, a newly created uh, sewer system onto a boat, but it's not actually... And then he pretends it's to... It's a garbage truck. It's a garbage It's, it's, it's on garbage it. trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He then loads no, them up like into a, a boat. Pail. He pretends to sink the boat because they'll all then go look into the water for it. But it's not actually on that boat. It's gone somewhere else. Is there not a bit with a submarine as well? Am there's I'm no submarine Die Hard Am I misremembering that? There's no, there's, you're thinking maybe the walls is not enough? I don't know. I just fucking know. So anyway, that plan, ooh, that plan in itself is <clears throat> mental. Then he adds an extra level of, yeah, riddle puzzles to the yeah. whole goddamn... Simon says. The whole goddamn thing gets complicated a further step. And the bit the bit that I think is his, his fucking... The, the bit that is so stupid that ruins everything. And where he all goes... Where he goes so horribly wrong. Because his plan, although it's convoluted... Actually works. It works. He is successful. Because he is successful. But then the one thing that throws him up is, for some reason, involving the one man that can piece it all together and figure it out, John McClane. But there is one aspect that Jeremy Irons never accounted for, which was Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Because he puts John McClane, I mean, I guess, or uh, former Republican uh, president, uh, hopeful, not hopeful for me, but for other people, uh, John McCain, on the streets to get killed uh, by black youths. Black youths, due to the sign. You know, in, in the, you know in the TV-friendly version of the film, they replaced Jam Sa- Sam Jackson's uh, sign from I Hate. Well, it's it's John McCain's uh, sign. I've now committed calling him John McCain. It's um, I Hate N-Word. I Hate changed N-Word. To, uh, I hate everyone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which then makes the black youths going, hey, let's go fucking kill that guy. It t- kind of tarnishes the... <laughs> kind of makes it look like... Well, it's like those, there's those uh, great things they do with movies. for Like they do the TV version where they replace the swear words and stuff with just, just nonsense. I watched a... 45 minute version of Pulp Fiction on in America once because it was on TV and I didn't realise that they did this in America and I was so very confused with where the you rest of the movie biscuit. has gone. <laughs> Does he look like a biscuit? Does he look like a biscuit? He's gone crazy. 
So yeah, so I never understood in, in John in John McClane three, Die Hard three, John why McClane John three. McClane three, the the Johnniest. I never understood why he he bothered involving John McClane. I mean, if he, he just if he just hadn't done that though, John McClane wouldn't have been involved. He wouldn't have fucking foiled it. If he, I mean, I guess it was hubris, but if he hadn't, John McClane was just an alcoholic <laughs> wash up who'd lost. Nothing his wife and his kids, it was just in the gutter. Doing fuck But all. he pulled him out of the gutter and out of the alcoholism. The boy had some parent. aspirin and him and Samuel L. Jackson, they fucking jumped off a bridge. It's fucking stupid. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a key part. And that's, that's not even a whole plan that's dumb. That's just one, one. And yeah, hubris, fine. But it's still, you think you'd, you think what you do you think instead? You learn your lesson after your brother got <laughs> dropped off the 80th floor of the Nakatomi Tower. Well, you think what you do is you'd fucking steal all the gold because your plan actually worked, and then just send John McClane a photo of you on a beach with all of the fucking money. The, the fuck you, John McClane. Look what I did last night, and you weren't anywhere near it. Because continuing my trend of drunk. trying to introduce uh, Audio Boy to uh, good movies, mm-hmm. when we inevitably watched Die Hard Three or Die Hard with a Vengeance, if you prefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told him the, about the alternate ending because the original ending he just kills Jeremy Irons and that's it. But in the alternate ending, which they originally shot with John McTiernan, uh, Jeremy Irons escapes mm-hmm. and gets away and he's successful. And then John McClane just shows up in like this restaurant where Jeremy Irons is in Russia, and like then plays Simon Says almost with him and has they have this great like back and forth, and it's just this standoff. They sit in this wee kind of restaurant together just just having villain good guy chat and then he blows him away such a better ending but that whole uh, uh, what do you call it focus group thing they're like oh we want an action ending we, we want it to be we want it to be big and booming so instead he had a helicopter fight you got any other awful villain plans I got one I've, I've got one as well but you can do yours okay do yours. Uh, mine is from the movie hold on We'll do one more each and then we'll, we'll call it. Well, I don't, I don't think we'll spend much time on mine, to be honest, <laughs> because of what it is. It's uh, Star Trek Generations, in which uh, the villain, Dr. Soren, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the name of the actor. Uh, Bing Bong. Yes, it's the actor Bing Bong. <laughs> you know, from. Classic Bing Bong. From Inside Out. From Inside Out, the imaginary friend. He, he struggles to get roles due to his... Malcolm McDowell. Due to his distinctive look. <laughs> actor Malcolm McDowell. Famous British actor Malcolm Here, McDowell. Sorry. Uh, on a very quick aside, uh, Inside Out is terrifying. So Bing Bong falls into that hole, yeah? You know the, the, the hole where if you fall in it, you get forgotten forever? And then Joy falls in. It's terrifying to think that I could lose all of my happiness due to clumsiness. Because it's, it's it's maybe f- that explains my life. But it's but it's so it's physical. It's it's just terrifying. Like they push over all of the memories and they're all scaring around everywhere. What if they? What if all the workies just decided, hey, should we just shove everything into that big fucking hole? Or everything. I, you'd you'd I could be sitting here right now, and because somebody falls into something, I lose all of my memories. I lose my happiness. And my imaginary friend. Do you ever just think that maybe that's what uh, mental health problems are? If only we had someone around who understood these sorts of things that could just explore that. I think that. what happened to me is sadness fell in my hole. 
So I just lost all semblance of sadness. I think what happened to me is sadness took steroids and thought, let's bulk up. And then just beat up all the other emotions. And you just threw them in the fucking hole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joy, come look at this big hole. My sadness, I don't want to look at <laughs> You're in it. See you later, bitch. Happiness, do you want to see a rainbow? Of course. Hole. Punt. Into the hole. Satisfaction. Yeah. Come over here. I'll monk you off. Hey, self-worth. Come here. But not the kind of hole you want. Into the hole. So yeah, anyway, on on an aside, the fact that you can lose your entire personality due to the clumsiness of the things inside your head is scary. I think that's just the the path of mental health. Okay. Uh, So yeah, back to more joyful things. Star Trek. Soren Malcolm Star Trek Generations. Dr. Soren, played by Malcolm McDowell. He, at the beginning of the movie... Or by Bing Bong. Or by by Bing Bong. Depending which version of the movie you're watching. Yes. I want to watch a whole recut now where it's just Bing Bong as the (laughs) the villain to Star Trek Generations. Bing Bong's voiced by that guy that's got such a sad face. I didn't voice him. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know... Tommy Lee Jones? No, wait. You'll know him. Tony Hale. Is it Tony Hale? I just assume he's the voice for everything. Uh, no, he's that. He does. He does. Bing bong. Yeah, Richard Kind. What an ironic name, man! I like he does a lot of stuff, but I always think he just looks like he's about to break down into tears. I think you'll have to show me a pic. No, no, he always seems quite joyful. I disagree. That episode of Scrubs was quite upsetting. I just think he always looks like he's about to. Audio boys, give me a wee nod there. Looks dead on the inside. Right, Malcolm <laughs> McDowell. <laughs> playing Bing Bong he, in Star Trek. He uh, is on the Enterprise B and it's maiden voyage. What? The Enterprise B? B? Like yeah. a giant B? You've got the Enterprise A, B, C, D, E. What? They, that's so boring. I thought no, got they've got name- other ones as well, but these are like the flagship ones. The I thought ABC, they would name their own ships ABC though. and D&E, they're like the flagship vessels. D&E is piloted, or the captain by Picard, A is Kirk, B is by some random dude, I can't remember his fucking name, and C fucking fell off into a wormhole and never came back. Do they christen ships by smashing yes. a champagne bottle on yes, it? Yes, they do. There's a reason for that, but I can't remember what it was. Because uh, they like to waste good alcohol? No, there's, it's like a... It kind of makes half sense if I remember it, but I can't remember I think it. audio voice about to do it while I describe the rest Go of the plot for, for Star Trek uh, Enterprise B, maiden voyage, Kirk, Sulu, Scotty and Chekhov are aboard mm-hmm. this maiden voyage of Enterprise B. And then they encounter a weird... Oh, you've got your hand up. i got a question. Is Welshie a character or was that just a joke for Futurama? It was a joke for Futurama. Okay. Because of Scotty. No, I, I, I thought that, but then... I don't know. I watched that episode recently, and I thought I've never watched Star Trek, and I don't know if that's an actual I character you'd or not. Like gotten Star Trek episodes from some you're yeah. watching. Some of I them. have them all on my computer, and the progress is. I watched the episode of Futurama that has no, Star okay, Trek characters so, in it. You've been <laughs> blessing progress through it. <laughs> that scene where the brain is electrocuting Welshie, and then he's like, "No, Welshie, I hate you." And then continues to electrocute his dead body. It's just so and then you, fucking. And then you look to your phone and went, "I'm going to text Gavin because I understand why, why he loves it so much." She's like, "Ah." Uh, they, right. en- they encounter a weird uh, phenomenon called the Nexus. It takes you to your your happiest place, your paradise. Your oh, sounds good. Yeah, it's quite, kind of wonderful. And then uh, the ship then escapes thanks to the the work of Kirk and the team. Wait, but they leave the Nexus. They're able to escape. Okay. And then Doctor Soren's very upset about this, and he spends the rest of his life chasing the Nexus because he wants to get back to the Nexus because he wants to get back to that happiness. That's pretty good. 
And all he really has to do to get back to Basically the Basically an allegory for heroin. He's chasing the yes, dragon. Yes, he's chasing, yes. Star Trek is worldly like that. And <laughs> all he has to really do is just get on a ship and fly to a planet that's going to be near, or f- just fly into the Nexus. <laughs> he really just to fly to the Nexus. Yeah. But instead he blows up stars and redirects the Nexus using that towards <laughs> other planets. He also attacks Klingons, uses the Klingons to invade the Enterprise D, just fucks with data at some point. He does all this unnecessary shit. <laughs> all he really needed to do was just get on a yeah. ship and fly to the Nexus. But instead he blows up stars, crippling universes. I don't understand why he's blowing up the stars. What's because the, the uh, shockwaves from the blowing up of the suns move the Nexus moves to the Nexus. Him. And he's slowly just moving the Nexus towards the planet that he's on. And once he, it comes to him, he's going to get sucked onto the Nexus and be happy as forever. But of course, blowing up suns and attacking that's rocking Romulan, the boat unnecessarily. Uh, bases kind of sparks people's interest mm. to go investigate, i.e., the Enterprise D. And it goes and investigates. And then inevitably, him and Kirk foil the plan I mean, of Soren. Straight up, though, I would undoubtedly throw myself directly into the nexus i mean eternal happiness yeah there's a reason why is there a downside sh- uh, there is a downside but i can't remember what if everything is happy then nothing is no it's not like syndrome i mean for example in generations picard goes through the greatest uh, grief of his life because his flute uh, breaks <laughs> no the flute doesn't break <laughs> The flute is fine. <laughs> the, the, I like that the one thing I know about Star Trek is that Picard God, plays a flute at one point. <laughs> from one of like the best episodes. <laughs> no, the, the vineyard that his brother and his uh, grandsons uh, all lived at burns down and they all die. And he's just like... Damn. Yeah, and, and he's committed his life to Starfleet. So he has no one to carry on his name. And he's like, but then he goes to the Nexus at one point. Can you not have kids when you're part of the Starfleet? He can, but it's like he's committed his entire life to Starfleet and that would involve him leaving Starfleet to start a new life. And his hope was Wait, that... you can't have a kid and be a captain. He, no, his hope was that his name, that the name of Picard would be continued on through his grandchildren. So his Just brother... Just name. Wait, yeah, but he can still have grandchildren. But it's a, it's a whole thing with the character. He can still have grandchildren. But he goes to the... Yes, he can. But he goes Why to the Nexus, he? and in the Nexus, he's got a wife and kids, and life is yeah. great. And he, but then Guinan shows, I won't even begin to explain Guinan to you, played by Whoopi Goldberg. And she's just like, but you can't be here because this isn't your life. You need to yeah. go back to your life because you have good things to do there for the people there. Mm-hmm. You can't be trapped here forever. Speaking of Whoopi Goldberg, very quickly. Uh, we th- are less, like the view, I agree. Less of a Less of a bad movie villain plan, more of a... The filmmakers didn't want you to think about it too much while it was happening. In Ghost, right at the end, when mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze possesses Demi... No, possesses Whoopi Goldberg's character. Patrick Swayze. And Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore have their tender final kiss and their goodbye. When you watch the movie, Patrick Swayze is standing there holding Demi Moore in his arms and they kiss and they say goodbye and he disappears. If anyone else was in that room, they would just see Demi Moore suck face of Whoopi Goldberg Whoopi Goldberg talking in a man's voice and saying I always loved you baby that's hot and then and then slip a finger in and then them just like macking for five minutes it's just funny just funny that yeah it's, if, if you if you if you remove yourself from the camera's eye and we're in that room that's not the scene you'll see I always re- remove myself from the camera's eye <laughs> 
because there might be a chance that, uh, on the other side of the scene is Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg just macking hot. Demi Moore and uh, strip tease. Aye. Damn. Damn. Uh, my final terrible plan is uh, it's a Disney movie, which I know you love. Oof. But it's it's. I mean, there's a lot of stupid plans in Disney movies, but this because Scar's plan, for example, speaking of Jeremy Irons again, it's not great. Yeah, we've spoken about three movies with Jeremy Irons. <laughs> I heard three Batman for Superman and a Lion King. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Scar's plan for a start very quickly only works based on him like Simba never coming back. And, 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 yeah. then, and then following that, him not looking after the whole Pride Lands and pissing off everybody except the hyenas is also dumb as fuck. Yeah, because I didn't really think about it until I rewatched The Lion King recently and then also had to watch whatever that travesty the live action thing was. Yeah. Where it's just like, where he's like, run Simba, leave. Just kill Simba. Just take, just slit the throat. Yeah, just kill him. Just bleed him out because right by there. The, by the time anybody comes to check on Simba and Just Mufasa, say it was one of the hyenas. The hyenas or vultures will now be picking their dead corpses. Yeah. You live in the circle of life. And that's the thing. People are like, oh my God, it's terrible. And then Jeremy Irons' scar could literally just go, sorry guys, it's the circle of life. And people will go, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. That is what Mufasa said a lot. It's, I suppose this is how he'd want to go. It's like literally you could have picked him up and thrown him against the rocks and said the buffalo trampled him. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to slit his throat. Just murder him some way. Don't get, yeah, don't Because then they might start like CSI and, and then like to zoom in and there's like, we found like traces of Simba's blood in your, <laughs> your Um But my, the, 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 the main fang. offender that I was thinking claw, about claw. is instead uh, Maleficent's plan in Sleeping Beauty. Which is up there with Lex Luthor's levels of pedantic <laughs> nonsense. So... Maleficent's entire plan is to turn up. So she turns up at the party because the king and queen have had a daughter. Hmm. And she turns up with a swirling cape and green magic fire. Pissed as all fucking hell because not because she wanted to be queen, not because she's angry that the king and queen have had a new princess. She turns up pissed as fucking hell because they didn't invite her to the party. That's I mean, it. to be fair, you used to have not invited me to the cinema quite often, and I've been a little pissy about it. <laughs> Fine. But she turns up, she's pissed off. Now, instead of going, look, I went and saw Ma without me, and I'm still upset about this. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty f- fucked off at you two. You sh- really should have invited me. You know, we're tight. I know I'm the evil witch, and you guys are the king and queen of good, but I thought we were better friends. Anyway. So your name is the evil witch. <laughs> your name is Maleficent. It has bad in it. Uh, but anyway, you I know like what? To- I'm going to give you... I to think her name's just Evil Witch. I'm going to give you my gift to the baby, which is a curse, motherfucker. In 16 years, that little bitch is going to prick her finger on a spinning wheel and die. I'm out. Disappears. Doesn't check to make sure that the other three good fairies that she sees, and who have magic powers also, do anything about this. Then one of the fairies goes... I'm going to make it so that when she pricks her finger, she doesn't die. She falls asleep. Now, what kind of a fucking plan is that? Uh, That's the plan of uh, a lazy person who (laughs) just didn't really give it a good goddamn go. Why give your your victim 16 fucking years of of downtime? Why? 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 What's the point of that? To like chill and grow up and... So fast forward the 16 years though, and inexplicably... The king and queen have sent Princess Aurora out into the forest to live with her three magic aunties, but they just tell her that they're regular old people, not 
fairies and she's not a princess for some reason that also doesn't make sense but we're not talking about that we're talking about the villains 16 years passes and then princess aurora decides to wander back into town the first thing she sees is a fucking spin wheel which she then pricks her finger on and instantly falls asleep stupid bitch stupid bitch and then maleficent I don't understand why this wasn't the plan in the first place. Turns into a fucking dragon and just starts wreaking havoc on the town. Like, if you can do that, do that. Why was that not the plan? Hey, you didn't invite me to your daughter's fucking birthday. Oh, we're really sorry, Melissa. Too late, dragon. Start eating fuckers. It's almost like she didn't think it through. It's a fucking stupid plan. It's like she was coming up with it as she went along. <laughs> Is just see that's why the king and queen never feel threatened because like here comes uh, Maleficent again. Oh what? fuck! Here comes Maleficent. Yeah, you fuckers! I'm gonna put a curse on your uh, uh, what table this time? No, no, I wasn't gonna say table. I was gonna say uh, we're gonna say the cutlery. No, I was gonna say the 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 baby. Remember, like last time you came around and you said that you were gonna uh, make that my husband sterile and then we had a kid. How'd that work out for you, stupid bitch? Fine, but now your baby's going to uh, prick their finger in 16 years. Okay, we'll just put gloves on her. Did you think of the gloves? No, I'm you out. Didn't. Disappears 16 years later. She fell asleep. She pricked her finger, you stupid fucks. Now what are you going to do? Um, we're going to put up uh, anti-dragon weaponry and we're going to make a man kiss her. Well, I can turn into a dragon, <laughs> then instantly get slayed. Ah, oh, man, Maleficent's a dumb fucking bitch. <laughs> it's just stupid as fuck. This turned into just a very antagonistic event upon Maleficent. I just think she's dumb as fuck. Maleficent, so, so you're Maleficent for, be dumb. So you're looking forward to Maleficent too, then? I Man, the first one doesn't make any fucking sense either. First one, they portray the king to be a bad guy, right? Like, a, I, can't remember, I can't remember why, but he's just Is it thing played really by Charlton Copley? No, the king's played by uh, the guy from District 9. Charlton Copley. Oh, is that his name? <laughs> well, I'm glad we had this discussion. That was good. Who directed District 9? Uh, Neil Baumkamp. I thought that was the actor's name. Nope. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's played by him. But he just goes crazy. And then, I don't know, they, they make it. I think in that film, Sleeping Beauty is Maleficent's daughter. I never saw Maleficent. Which adds more nonsense to it. You know how thrilled I am with these live-action Disney movies. And then Maleficent fucks off because she's actually a fairy and she gets her wings torn off and then she comes back and then... And then she brings all the forest animals on a lay siege to the castle and then the king tries to murder her and then her and Sleeping Beauty go and live together forever. I don't know. That film's a fucking mess. Uh, let's wrap. I'm... I'm I, don't, I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I mean, I'll, I'll just end by saying uh, <laughs> uh, the movie Signs, uh, uh, highly intellectual space traveling uh, Camouflage and aliens. Yep. The, uh, their one single weakness is H2O and the planet they decide to invade is 80% H2O. Is 80% H2O. So <laughs> they deserve the, to lose. Also, the the people that they try and kill on the planet are... Primarily made of... Like, like, what, like 85% water or something stupid like that? Yeah. It's we're, high. We're, we're a high percentage of water. Oh, but, now, but that it, scene where the alien walks by the front garden on the phone... Spooky, right? Still spooky. Um, also, however, the scene where they make all the food... Makes me hungry every time. However, 
in Sainz's defense, in the aliens' defense, I love the Sainz. I'll stand by it. The reason their plan didn't work to invade is because of God. Yeah. Also, you got to remember uh, that. Also, Joaquin Phoenix was good at baseball, and a little girl didn't drink water for some reason because of God. That's the whole point of that film. God saved them. God. Fucking M. Night Shyamalan is just... Because Mel Gibson's fallen priest. And that's at the end. He's like, oh man, I've I've learned to love God again. Thanks, to, thanks like, to this alien invasion. Now that you're saying this, maybe I don't like signs as much. I remember liking it. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan has his uh, his cameo. He plays the same character in three... What's the three movies that he plays he, in? He, he, uh, in it's, it's in Split Glass and Unbreakable. He plays the same yeah. security guard. Well, in the first one, he's a guy that like has drugs on him. Second one, he plays like a, a guy who installs internet or something. Yeah. And then in the third one, he just plays some sort of weird, again, technology introducing person. Yeah, it's kind of like a mix of the two put together. <laughs> There's nothing more tragic than when a director puts himself in the movie. But Unless he, it's he, Alfred Hitchcock. But he's the same character in all three of those films because he references back. Because in... in in glass yeah. he says oh man I was here five years ago yeah, and it all went gl- down yeah glassy references back to uh, Unbreakable because uh, Bruce Willis's character is back in that film <sighs> M. Night Shyamalan what happened to you mate oh I can't wait to see what fucking Travis that he puts out next buzz in glass was alright I don't mind it hey man also that's a fucking bad movie plan what glass yeah well yeah but I mean, because what's, what's funny about his plan is that the three guys enact it for him at the end of the movie, but it's a good thing. <laughs> also, I'm just thinking about Loki for a second in Avengers. Like now, that, now, hey, now that I'm thinking about it, the, the three the girls, the three people that are like affected by, like uh, Bruce Willis's son, the girl that gets kidnapped, 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 kidnapped by... And then Samuel Jackson's mum. And Samuel Jackson's mum. They release the videos that Sam Jackson wants to release in his evil nefarious plan and it's and then it's played off like oh it's a really good thing look at all these people learning about yeah the i didn't really understand what the, the, the drive at the end of that movie was for them to sit in that train in, station, train station and drinking and coffee and, have, and watching people see the superheroes it's all good but that was sam jackson's plan that's what he wanted was loki's plan to just make the hulk kill the rest of the avengers yes it was, was a shit to, plan it was to incite the hulk that's yeah, to incite the Hulk into tearing up the thing and hopefully killing the Avengers. But how? But then he doesn't even do that in the end, does he? Because then he... He just unleashes the Chitauri army upon them to <laughs> kill them. Which he should have just done at the beginning when they weren't the Avengers. Yeah, because he, he gives them the opportunity <laughs> to bond and build yeah. through the death of Coulson to the point where they work as a team well enough destroy the army the Chitauri well, were shit in that movie well though. yeah they're just they're just lizardy things with guns but, but the Hulk the Hulk takes down the massivest one but with instead a one of, punch but instead of like taking over Hawkeye and like stealing people's eyes he should have just shown up opened the portal I guess he needed Hawkeye to make the machine to open the and portal and Dr. Eric Selvig yeah. I, I still maintain that's my favourite bit in Avengers after rewatching it recently. When he steals the man's eye? No, when he, um, when Hawkeye goes, no, I prefer to see things from a distance. And then the, the literal next thing Hawkeye does is 
walk get face to face get with face to face with fucking loki yeah and uh and go hey what are you doing here and loki st- fucking steals him doesn't fire a single arrow what's amazing is just <laughs> for the scale of that movie and how influential it went on to be really just low budget and slapped together well the the, the my favorite thing that they forgot is all the avengers the, talking the, the to each other thing. all of them talking to each other the whole fucking movie even though Iron Man's flying through the sky, Captain America's on the ground, Hawkeye's at the top of a fucking building, and they're all just... It's not like they're shouting, he's going, I got your Tori on my six. Don't worry, I'll come up and help you, Cap. Also, what's clear about the first Thor and Avengers, and probably the third Dark World, but no one cares or talks about it, is just how much they didn't know how to visualise Thor's abilities. Yeah. Because literally, in Avengers, it's him and Cap just chilling on the ground, just hitting things. Whereas you look at Thor in like Ragnarok yeah, or Endgame, yeah, yeah. where he's just like taking on stratospheric levels of enemies and just like, there you go. Oh, you really didn't know. He didn't have his lightning powers. He did. Yeah, he didn't use them. He used them to charge up the wee thing at some point. Right. That's right. Now we're just talking about the fucking Avengers. <laughs> uh, that's it from us, guys. We're going to be back next week talking about something brown. Something brown? You do know that by the time it comes to us recording, you are, we're never going to have any idea what that you've said that. What you're looking at is if I'm going to give you a suggestion of what we can talk about. We're going to talk about like the best jobby scenes in movies. Dumb and Dumber, they are done. No, Ace Ventura. There we go. Train spine. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good actually. It's a serious one. Well, we'll save that for another episode then. Apparently. So thank you for listening, everyone. <laughs> you can reach us on various uh, social medias and such. If you go to, you can email us at meanderingmoviepodcast@gmail.com. Uh, uh, leave a comment or a suggestion of a topic mm-hmm. or an opinion on what you think of Audio Boy's input in this episode specifically. Uh, jump over to Twitter. Uh, follows at meanderingpod. Gary's definitely going to be taking over the Twitter and being in charge of that because he has so much more fun with it. And then you can jump over to Facebook and Instagram and just search for the Meandering Movie Podcast. Uh, you will get so much more information Instagram-wise there from me. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, if you're on iTunes, leave us a review. If you're on iTunes again, jump down to that description. There's a whole bunch of links down there. Uh, Gary's twitching. Pixels Cafe. Uh, the seizures are getting worse, guys. It is. <laughs> and uh, Audio Boy exists still, and uh, he's he's doing good. So round of applause for Audio Boy. Chip 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 chim 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 chiri. And yeah, that's us. See you guys. Bye. It's me and movies. It's me and movies. It's me and movies. So won't you lend an ear?